Hey everybody, welcome back to another podcast. Today we are sitting down um, with the VP West of Montana, uh, Mr. Chris Morgan, a good friend of mine, uh, has a lot of good info, what's going on, uh, you know, kind of in both uh, Montana and in somewhat of the, the national level here. Uh, Chris, how you doing? Doing well, thanks. How are you, Andrew? Oh, I'm doing pretty well, you know, uh, just uh, just trying to get through trapping season, getting ready for uh, for the fur sales, and it's a it's a crazy life dealing with winter and freeze and thaws and all that fun stuff. I'm sure, just like you are in Montana, there. Absolutely busy time of year here, no doubt. Especially when wrapping up trapping season, got uh, fur sale coming up this next weekend, and we got dumped on with snow. So I, I get to plow snow at work. So it's been busy. Yep. It's always a, a on the go, on the go, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, Chris, what do we, uh, what do we got, uh, going on here? Um, you know, we had, we had several different things that have come up in the NTA realm that probably hit a little closer to home in Montana um in your region i i think mainly concerning wolverines well it, it seems like montana is uh really the battleground for a lot of endangered species issues right now um and largely because you know if if there's an endangered species that's a large predator we have it so you know the big the big concerns are always you know recently most recently, wolverine, uh, wolves, grizzlies, and lynx. And like I said, we have we have every single one of those. Um, we have a pile of these large anti-trapping or consumptive use organizations that are based out of Montana. Um, and we have some judges that tend to, you know, side with those those groups here in Montana. So we get a lot of a lot of this stuff coming our way. Um, most recently, and probably the the hottest topic right now is the the wolverine listing so um for the past three years there's been a, a multiple state study going on uh, montana took part of it um, we have a, a new fur bearer coordinator who's who's a, a standout guy really good um he took uh, he took the head on this this whole ordeal but it was uh montana idaho colorado utah and i believe maybe Washington, maybe Oregon. Um, there's a big, you know, study in the, in the whole entire region on, on Wolverines and viability and connectivity. And, um, you know, they did a lot of DNA sampling, a lot of track, uh, track surveys, um, really put together a, a significant amount of information leading up to this, this potential delisting. And from, from everything I gather and from the presentation that I got from them, um, you know, wolverines weren't necessarily uh, expanding in numbers uh, by any means. You know, they were they were stable and growing somewhat, but not you know not a population boom. But they were expanding in territory significantly. Which, you know, if if you pay attention to any Endangered Species Act issues, you know, population viability and and the 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 goal um, of allowing them to not be secluded and have corridors to travel in different ways. You know, whenever you see your, their, their range is expanding, that kind of checks that box as far as, uh, you know, a concern goes. So they, they put all this study together and presented it in, I actually think it was in Salt Lake and uh, thought, well, yeah, there's, there's no chance at all that, 
that Wolverines are going to be listed because of this. You know, it's they're they're doing just fine under current management practices, and and we won't have to worry about it. Um, so then the the Wolverine listing came out, and they you know were relisted as threatened, um, which was kind of a a surprise. Um, but there are some exceptions to that listing, and uh, commenting closed at the end of January on that. They call it the 4D rule. And the 4D rule allows exceptions um, and of take for wolverines under this listing. Um, some of those exceptions are, you know, take for research purposes, um, incidental takes for forest management, you know, whether it be logging or fire suppression. And uh, they also added incidental take for trapping or legal trapping. So, you know, if a guy has a, a legal set for a bobcat and he catches a wolverine, well, that's an acceptable take. And we have actually had a few of those in Montana in the past few years um, and in places where you wouldn't normally expect wolverines to be, you know, because, again, their their distribution is growing. Um, so that that 4D rule to be passed or to be accepted is, is really important. Um, I haven't heard anything recently as far as if there's been a determination on on if they're going forward with that or if they're going to drop that. But. That has been a big push from both sides. You know, obviously our side wants that 4D rule. Um, the opposition does not. And uh, I think part of the reason why we haven't heard anything as far as the progress of that goes is because uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife and Parks filed an intent to sue uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services based on the fact that this whole study, you know, I was just talking about, it doesn't seem like they took any of that into account. Um, one of the major reasons that they, they listed um, the Wolverine was because of, you know, potential of climate con or climate change, which, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say here or there that I think, you know, that's a, a major issue or not, but there have been studies that have been done that show that Wolverines can den, you know, with very minimal snow cover and, um, that was one of the big arguments with with the climate changing and colder winters and less snowpack that it's going to have this huge effect on wolverines. And uh, basically, the science says differently. Um, so we'll see how all that all pans out. Um, I think they have like another 40, 45 days or so um, before this notice to intent to sue expires or they make a decision on whether they're going to go forward with the delisting or if it'll go into litigation. So um, that's been, that's probably been the biggest, you know, topic here in, in Montana, um, largely because, you know, boy, if they go through with this and that 4D rule uh, doesn't get accepted, it has a, a potential to shut down almost any type of consumptive use you could think of. I mean, be it trapping, be it, you know, even just over snow, vehicle usage like snowmobiling um you know road closures logging you name it it could it could just take basically a swath of the western third of montana and and eliminate a lot of usage on it so um that's that's been something that's really been concerning so we're keeping a close eye on that i know uh the nta is involved in that um and and just really going to be right there probably to either help litigate or, uh, you know, just, just make sure things go in the direction we want it to go. So, um, and that's, again, that isn't only Montana, that is, you know, every state that has Wolverines in it could potentially see 
you know, significant losses and significant issues. So um, let's hope either Fish, Wildlife and Parks, uh, you know, wins that that appeal or, you know, the 4D rule gets gets uh, accepted. Either one of those would be would be good for trapping and be good for consumptive use as a whole. So. Right. And see, so just kind of on that note and over here in, uh, in Oregon, you know, we had that, that Wolverine show up and, and he was seen by several different people, you know, pictures were taken, things of that nature. And one of the things we, we looked into was, okay, is this thing coming here to make a home or, or what's he doing? Is he just passing through and, you know, talking to like one of the, the, uh, leading Wolverine biologist. I I believe she's over in Idaho now. Um, she was she was telling us that traditionally the like the Cascade Range that runs through Oregon and Washington has really just been a highway for Wolverines. Um, they you know Canada, British Columbia has a has quite a higher population of, of Wolverines than what we do. Meaning, I mean. And rightfully so, that it's a better habitat. It's a it's a snowier climate. There's more mountains, but you know, the, she from what I gathered, I was told that yeah, when a wolverine gets to that adolescent age where he's kind of out on his own and and going, um, a lot of the time they do, you know, they they disperse just like anything else. They go find their own territory, and so they'll, you know, in this instance, a lot of them use the Cascades as a highway to get down to the Sierra Nevadas and. And they're not really setting up a residency; they're just passing through and and on their way. And you know, to for something like this to happen, you know, if this goes through and that 4D rule isn't taken into consideration, we're going to shut down a whole, you know, like you're saying, a whole mountain range just because they might come through. It it, it's kind of absurd. And, you know, that's one thing it really hits home for me. I mean, I'm, I'm literally a stone's throw away from the continental divide that runs through Montana here. And I mean, that is, that's one of the, the, the biggest, uh, I guess you could say routes at all for, you know, dispersing animals. And I mean, we have Wolverine links, grizzly, you name it, everything, you know, essentially uses that continental divide. Um, and the, the potential for, for, issues of that area you know that entire area being shut down could be could be huge you know yeah absolutely absolutely so then what what is uh you know i guess going on from from wolverines um you know you guys have have had a couple of issues with uh wolves recently too and grizzlies and and that kind of stuff tell me a little bit about that so there there's currently a lawsuit against the state of Montana um in regards to grizzly bears and uh again you know it, it it's the the topic of the the lawsuit is grizzly bears but what the the underlying um attack is on on wolf trapping so the lawsuit was basically based off the fact that you know wolf trapping has the potential to to harm grizzly bears again you know citing climate change because grizzly bears aren't aren't denning as long as they have in the past and you know a group took it to a specific judge who who in the past has always ruled 
against consumptive use. Um, and they, they hand selected it, hand picked it and hand delivered it with the timing to know that any appeals made, um, you know, they, they didn't have to win this court case. But the fact that the judge couldn't impose an injunction, uh, it would take away a significant portion of our, our wolf trapping season. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, we lost the first month of trapping season. So we were supposed to start anywhere from, you know, November 26th to the, to December 15th for the most part. It, a floating start date, they call it. Um, it allows the state to to ensure that we're probably not going to have any issues with grizzlies, and you know they can monitor grizzly activity and start season. You know whenever they feel that the majority of the grizzlies have been. Um, you know historically it it ranges, like I said, from about December first to uh, the second or third week of December, um, and then our season runs until March fifteenth. Well. The judge in this particular case imposed an injunction, um, took away that first month. Um, our, our wolf trapping season started on January 1st, and then it'll run until February 15th instead of March 15th. So it took off the, the second you know, month off the tail end of it. So it really cut down our wolf season. Um, and I, it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's unfortunate. And especially you know, this year of all years, we had a very mild winter. Had we had that beginning, you know, whole entire month to start, I, I didn't even have, you know, a whole lot of snow at all, per se, in any of the areas that I trap until, you know, here just recently. Um, so, you know, we, we wouldn't have been battling that inclement weather. Uh, although, having said that, um, we're we're pretty close to right on track with our, our annual wolf harvest. So I know a lot of guys kind of, you know, myself included, you know, reduced our, our trapping efforts for everything else. And, and focused more on wolves and uh, I I haven't been successful but a lot of guys in my area that you know I've been in a network with and talking to and you know we kind of work the area together um, they've they've done really well and, and combined efforts have reduced a lot of wolves in this this general area so um, I guess you know it's there's always a lot of people that will rally behind a cause and I think this year that kind of happened a lot of guys realized that hey we have an incredibly short season but we're going to get out there and get after it and do, you know, do the most we can to, to basically manage wolves, you know, because that, that was taken away from us. And, uh, you know, there's, there is, uh, and that, that lawsuit itself is ongoing as well. So we kind of lose sight of that sometime and think, oh, you know, the season's over, everything's done, but that lawsuit is still ongoing. Um, and I, I, I know again, the NTA is, uh, in, has a, a say in that and our our lawyers are are we haven't um we haven't uh, i can't think of the word right now um we haven't intervened in that case uh but we we're standing by and we filed an amicus brief um and we're we're definitely involved in that case to make sure again that you know it, it basically just doesn't get given away for for no reason so um largely um it, it's frustrating on our end because you know this this lawsuit is is geared towards trapping affecting grizzly populations and since montana has been trapping wolves we've only had one documented grizzly caught in a wolf trap and it was released unharmed um if this were honestly about grizzlies and you know the the incidental take of grizzlies 
we wouldn't have archery seasons. We wouldn't have bird seasons. We wouldn't have fishing seasons start until after the grizzlies have gone to sleep because every single one of those activities every year accounts for numerous uh, lethal takes of grizzlies. So the, the frustrating part of it is, you know, trapping is the low hanging fruit. Um, trapping is what they'll go after and it's it's you know not not necessarily per se to to actually get what they want in the end but you know through the equal access to justice act you know they get lawyer fees paid for these this litigation uh they get testimony paid for this litigation um you know they have a cause to rally behind so they're gaining donations so you know i I always joke and say these groups i don't think they actually want to get what they claim their goal is because if they did you know how would they get paid they would have they would have no reason to continue the work they're doing they'd have to go out and get real jobs so um that's the biggest frustrating part of it all is you know they they knew they didn't have to win this lawsuit to get what they wanted and that's that's exactly what's happening here so yeah and that's you know it it seems very very strange that that they would target or say they want to go and save grizzlies. And obviously, yes, they are going after trappers and there's only ever been one bear caught and again, released unharmed in the, the whole time. It it seems like trapping really isn't a, isn't a detriment. It's a, you know, it's a backwards way of trying to, you know, get rid of doing or the best management getting rid of the best management tool that that we have for these large predators like wolves um you know and obviously grizzly populations aren't struggling um that much in montana i i'm pretty sure i've seen the numbers and they're they're growing and conflicts are growing with with people and and ranchers and and things of that nature and so you know, I, I would say grizzly bears are doing quite fine, um, at least in my opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, again, too, this isn't about the grizzly. This is essentially weaponization of the Endangered Species Act. Um, grizzlies have been have met and exceeded population goals for delisting since 2003. So for 20 years and there has not been a year that has you know dropped below for 20 years grizzlies have either met or exceeded the stipulations that were put on, you know, for their population growth, as far as that goes for, for delisting purposes. And, you know, we, the MTA has been pushing hard for, you know, grizzlies delisted in our state, Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming, all those states have petitioned for delisting. And it's, you know, like we have, we have gotten together with a, a group here in Montana called the Outdoor Heritage Coalition, and uh, we work on endangered species, you know, issues with those guys. And, you know, we, we came out with a bumper sticker a while back that said delist grizzlies to, you know, complete a conservation success story, which, you know, that it truly is. I mean, these, these bears have met and exceeded and are far beyond population expectations for them you know it's time to take them off the list the endangered species list was never um you know something that animals went there to stay there the intent of the endangered species list is to recover the population and then manage them going forward but these these groups these large they they like to call themselves conservation groups even though they do nothing for conservation they they 
go after these particular subjects and they try to keep them on that list forever because they know they can capitalize off an animal being endangered. Um, you know, state biologists get grants. Uh, the federal government, you know, gives grants for these different things. These groups can then, you know, tie into that, get money from there. They can litigate against the state and the federal government, get money from that. Um, you know, they it, it's weaponization of the endangered species, unfortunately, as it is. And uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll see some some common sense reform to the Endangered Species Act. I know it's been pushed around at the congressional level, um, kicked around and and even, you know, things like uh, wolf delisting in the lower 48 is is in progress right now in the congressional level. So it'd be nice to start seeing some of those things, you know, drop off now in no no way, shape or form do do I or really anyone else I know, you know, want to see grizzlies gone you know we don't want to delist them so we can just decimate the population but a lot of people think that oh delisting means that grizzlies will die and they don't realize that right now there's a considerable amount of grizzlies dying you know you mentioned the conflicts um i think right now with the population the way it sits you know allowable human take for grizzlies in our state is i think 76 grizzlies per year not to exceed something like 27 females and that is that's essentially to allow the population to remain viable so i mean there's there's nearly 100 grizzlies that could be taken and and they're still going to maintain a viable population so you can't tell me that you know there's a there's a big issue with with one grizzly being caught in a 20-year period and released unharmed but again it's not really about trapping. They just know that they can, they can utilize that to then, you know, further their agenda. Right. And, and most of these, I, I kind of going back on what you said, I'd like to start changing these, uh, or wishing that these conservation groups as a quote would change their names to preservation groups, because that's what they're, they really are. They want to just preserve them and, and, you know, no, no regulated take, no management, just, just let them go and keep, yeah, keep them on the list. And that's, um, I wish more people would, would stand up and, and call them out on that. Cause there's a big difference between conservation and preservation as a whole. Absolutely. And you look at these organizations, um, you know, especially ones in our state, I, I, I notice all the time they're hiring for different positions in their organization and they'll have, you know, the, the most frustrating part about it, honestly, is they'll have 10 to 15 paid positions. And most of those positions are, you know, starting in, in the $70,000 to a hundred thousand dollar range. And these are individuals that, you know, the Montana Trappers Association, none of us get paid. We're all volunteers. We are going against those individuals trying to maintain, you know, our, our privileges, for trapping and and people don't understand that i don't think you know we're we're actually going toe to toe with with paid employees that are trying to take away our way of life and you know i it i understand you know people don't always have the money to join organizations but when they say well you know what is what is xyz organization doing for me you know why should i support them hey well we're we're going toe to toe with these people who are paid professionals and you still are able to do what you're able to do because of that. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's frustrating to see that 
they pay those those people so much and you know they call themselves conservationists yet you never see a dime go from you know their bank account to actually support habitat to support the animal um you know to support what they claim to you know be fighting for um i do remember about a year ago i i sent some emails out and asked some different organizations you know what what percentage of their their overall you know yearly contributions went towards you know actually helping these animals and most of them didn't didn't respond because they didn't really have a number and one group um they proudly bragged that 13 percent of their annual income goes back to the animal they're fighting for when you look at groups like rocky mountain elk foundation uh national wild turkey federation you know the the big actual you know conservation groups none of those groups are going to have a number that's less than 70 percent you know that goes back to the animal so to call themselves conservation groups when the only entity profiting is themselves is is just absurd mm-hmm. yeah it's uh you know i personally i think it's just a a scheme they they make their money off of it and i i don't feel that they are truly looking at the at benefiting said animals you know nope. that they're representing i it's a it's an unfortunate thing that's for yep. for sure they're they're profiting off the animal utilizing them as a cash cow taking yep. advantage of people who who truly do you know who truly are concerned about the animal and think that these groups are actually doing something to benefit them. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, uh, you know, one last thing you kind of, you brought it up at the beginning of the show, what's going on with, uh, uh, the links in Montana, you, you guys still having some issues over them or, uh, well, I mean, right now that isn't necessarily the hot topic. Um, we do have, you know, restrictions for trapping in lynx zones, um, things like pan tension, you know, you can't utilize specific flagging for bobcats, um, you know, can't utilize animal parts. Uh, you have to have to have relaxing snare locks. Um, it, it does affect wolf trapping and the fact that, you know, we can't snare wolves inside of these lynx areas. Um, it's not knock on wood, you know, it, it hasn't been in the spotlight. It hasn't, it's not something that, again, these groups are weaponizing right now. Largest focus is, you know, has been grizzlies and now is shifting to wolverine with this listing. So, um, been pretty quiet on the the lynx front. Um, and incidental take is is been minimal. Um, I don't, if if at all. Um, so there hasn't been hasn't been a whole big spotlight on lynx right now. But it is something that's you know always there in the back of our minds that it's it's one more weapon for these groups to to try to shut down trapping and get what they want so but as of right now you know like i said knock on wood it hasn't been a really hot topic gotcha gotcha well sounds like you guys are are uh doing what you can and and you know being the upstanding conservationists not the not the preservationists and and you know i i really appreciate your guys' efforts you guys seem to be kind of in the hot seat um even more so than <clears throat> excuse me more so than Oregon is at times you know and and because you get all these 
large carnivores that come into your guys' state. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping you guys keep up the battle. I'm hoping that things, you know, um, like the 4D rule come through and, and make it to where this doesn't affect, you know, billions of dollars of industry because of a potential that something happens, you know? Absolutely. Oh. Well, Chris, thank you very much. Um, I I appreciate your time coming on the show. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we head out of here? You know, I guess one more thing I could mention. Um, you know, we talk about these topics and these issues, and a, a lot of people have the mentality, oh, that's, that's not me. That's never going to happen here. You know, my state's a red state. Um, you know, this will never be an issue. Um, and here just recently, and, I, and I'm not picking on anybody by any means when I say that, it's just it's the mentality. Uh, here recently, one of our larger groups who we, we go head to head with all the time, um, Wolves the Rockies, announced that they are going to be setting up shop in Idaho. Um, you know, for the longest time, Idaho has has really, I guess, set the pace for a lot of, you know, wolf management and different things. And, you know, they, they have a, a current lawsuit for Grizzlies ongoing in their state but um you know they they haven't had that large presence well you know this this group is now they're they're actively searching for property and they're they're going to set up and shop in idaho they've been to all the different commission meetings lately and uh you know these 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 groups don't let grass grow underneath their feet you know they're they're going to continue to do what they do um because every every presence they make is you know money in their pocket so um, don't, don't ever think, and I know Idaho has been on their toes. Idaho knows that this has been coming. Idaho has been fighting for what, you know, they can, they can get while they can get it while, you know, they're making hay while the sun shines, you know, Rusty and his crew has been doing a phenomenal job there. Um, but you know, I know a lot of guys in Idaho say, oh yeah, well, you guys have those issues in Montana. We'll never have that. Well, you know, that I think this is a wake up call to say that, Hey, just because you don't currently have it doesn't mean it's not coming so you know if, if you enjoy what you do pay attention you know get involved where you can you don't have to dive into it 110 percent, but you know be supportive where you can help out you know those those things definitely they definitely help in the grand scheme of things so don't don't think this can't happen to you if if one endangered species is you know something they can weaponize uh, there's endangered species in every single state so don't think it's not uh it doesn't pertain to you very well said and very true. Um, it takes one one critter to cross an imaginary line or swim a river, and it it becomes you know endangered in the next state over. Yep, absolutely. Oh, well, Chris. Again, thank you for your time. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show. You're always a, a wealth of knowledge, and uh, for all you listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, you can always, uh, always sign up, reach out, uh, you know, all these, all of our organizations need, need support, uh, join your local organization. If that's all you can do, if you want to join the NTA, uh, the FTA, whatever it may be, um, you know, go down, give them your support. It's usually between 25 and, and 50 bucks to join up for a year and, and anytime you can volunteer and help is greatly appreciated. We always need it. So, 
But for now, um, we will see you guys next week.